For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants and their upcoming series from a betting perspective over the course of the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are turning towards football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half a million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, is open right now at Bet Online. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means that if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, if you lose, your wager is going to be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Denver Podcast. Now, before we end up going on break, we previewed what we're going to be doing with this week's show. Once again, talking about Oakland and San Francisco in baseball and how their playoff races are starting to stack up by looking at their upcoming weekend series. But quick announcement, this will be the last baseball podcast that we're going to be doing for probably a while because of the fact that we have the NFL starting next week, and I'm sure a lot of you want to talk about the 49ers. So we'll see what happens moving forward. We might sprinkle in some baseball but baseball did a great job of, I don't want to say stalling us the football season, but basically stalling us the football season. We'll probably return to some baseball stuff as the playoff races start to fully heat up with maybe a week to go or so. But we're going to be transitioning over to football. So next week, prepare for a week one breakdown involving the 49ers and their matchup against the Detroit Lions. But as for this podcast, we're going to start off by recapping how we did with last week's picks. And we did well. Looking at Oakland, starting with them, we said that the Athletics would end up uh, losing two out of three to the Yankees, not including the Thursday game because that was before we end, that was after we ended up recording. But I said the Yankees would win on Friday, and I said Oakland would eventually win on Saturday before losing on Sunday. Oakland won on Sunday, but we got the other two right, so two and one there. And looking at the Giants. Overall, we did pretty well in that series because the Giants ended up losing the opener to Max Fried, which we thought they would. They ended up winning the second game before losing the third game. So we went a total of 4-2, and two. so profitable week. We'll look for another profitable week here. But starting off with Oakland, we're going we're gonna to talk about the upcoming weekend series against Toronto. Once again, time of recording before the end of the Thursday game. So every record I state in every single division uh, standing situation is going to be based on the finishing of Wednesday's games, not including Thursday. But starting off with the Friday card, you have the matchup in Toronto between Manaya and Manoa. 
So try saying that five times fast. But you look at the pitchers. Manoa has been in better form lately. Manaya was an absolute disaster for the last couple of, well, honestly, starts. You could say a month. You could really put it however you want. He has not been good. And against the Yankees, four and a third, five runs got pulled relatively early. And that was definitely not what you wanted to see. But if you want to talk about the overall performances, his ERA in August through 20 innings is 9.9. So it has not been good. Meanwhile, you can look at Manoa, and his numbers have definitely been a lot better. But, I mean, to be honest, when you set the bar so low at a 9.9 ERA in a month, that doesn't exactly say much about you as a pitcher. But Manoa has not been god-awful so far this season. 3.15 ERA and a 1.06 whip, but if you want to look at the overall numbers over the last month, he's been pretty solid. I know he had one bad start. If you want to go through the last couple of outings that he had, he struggled against the Nationals on the 17th, but as a whole, August 27 innings pitched, 4.33 ERA, and that is with the outlier there of the three innings, seven run six earned run start against the Nationals but every other start in the month he's given up two earned runs or less so he's been fantastic and you want to look at the home numbers for Manoa he's been extremely good because he has a 1.83 ERA at home and a 3-0 record so looking at the actual Friday matchup I gotta go with Manoa to beat Manaya because Manaya he was awful last year and it seemed like he turned it around this year and I was rooting for him, too, because I like him as a pitcher, and I thought that he had better stuff. As you remember, he threw the no-hitter a couple years ago against Boston, so you know that he has good stuff. But unfortunately, it seems like post-All-Star break, he's hit a wall of some sort. I don't know if he's pitching through injury. I don't really know what the story is, but based on how he's been pitching, clearly not at 100%, or I hope for his sake he's not 100% because he's been terrible. But I'm going to go with Toronto for the Friday game. I think Manila pitches well. I think it'll be very close. But Toronto in the Rogers Center has been very good this season since they went back to Toronto. And I think the Blue Jays will take the opener in this series. But looking at the second matchup in the weekend series between Oakland and Toronto, you have a pitching matchup between Blackburn and Berrios. Now Blackburn, of course, pitched really well on the Sunday game against the Yankees, or in the Sunday game against the Yankees, where he gave up no earned runs. But... You're looking at Berrios, and of course, he was the main uh, trade deadline acquisition that Toronto had so far this season. He's been pretty good, 9-7 overall, 3.53 ERA, and a 1.13 whip. Now, of course, some of those stats involve his time in Minnesota, so that's a pretty hitter-friendly ballpark over there, so uh, you do have to factor that in. But looking at his numbers since joining the Blue Jays, 31 and one-thirds innings pitched, 3.73 ERA, and his numbers at home have been, well, he was really good in two starts, then awful in the last one, because the first start, six innings, no runs against Kansas City, then he went six innings, one run against Boston, and then he ended up going three innings, four runs against Chicago. So he had two really good starts in the Rogers Center, and then one bad one. Blackburn, I think, is okay, but realistically, he's a fill-in guy because Bassett had the injury to his face and they had to bring up another guy. Blackburn, I don't think he can go much length. I think he's okay. He's serviceable. He might go five innings, two runs, something like that. But I'm going to go with Berrios here because I think that he's the better overall pitcher. And it's really tough to kind of gauge Toronto 
Because Toronto is a team that probably should have a better record than it is, than it has, but it's 70 and uh, 62. So Toronto's well out of the playoff picture at this point, but I do kind of like what I've been seeing from Guerrero Jr. lately. He was a little bit cold for a little while, and he had a couple home runs the other day. Hitting the ball well, and the lineup gets to Blackburn here, and I think that Toronto ends up getting the job done. And then... You have the Sunday matchup, which is between Cole Irvin and Robbie Ray. Now, Robbie Ray has been an absolute lunatic lately in a good way. Now he has the second lowest odds to win the AL Cy Young Award. That is right. Robbie Ray has the second lowest odds to win the Cy Young Award, which just tells you how good he's actually been. 10-5, and 2.71 ERA, 1.01 whip. But Ray, over the last couple of outings, has been phenomenal. He had the great 15 strikeout performance against the White Sox in his last outing, but um, uh, but sorry, 14 strikeouts against the White Sox two outings ago. Then he had 10 strikeouts against Baltimore in his last outing. My apologies there, but the point is he's been really, really good. Anytime you have 10 plus strikeouts and three straight starts, you assume that you're talking about like prime Chris Sale or Max Scherzer, but no, we're talking about Robbie Ray and. Just to go through the month of August, he has made six starts, 41 innings pitched, 1.76 ERA. He has been phenomenal, and you can probably suspect he's going to pitch well in this one. However, Cole Irvin, on the other hand, has been a little bit rock. He's been a little bit shaky, where I know the Athletics won his last start. He hasn't been as good as he was previously, but I might shock you here. I'm actually going to take Oakland. In this one, I think Oakland's going to be getting a very nice plus price after losing the first two games and facing Ray. And at the end of the day, I think Ray is really good, but I do think that this game's going to be closer than people think. Uh, I think that Ray, after having so many great starts in a row, might pitch well again, might not. But I do think that Oakland will get to Toronto's bullpen once he leaves the game because we all know how bad Toronto's bullpen actually is. And I think you're going to see Irvin battle a little bit. Do I think he's going to pitch extremely well? No, but I think he'll probably go five or six innings, three runs or so, and I think that he can do enough to keep the game close where Toronto's bullpen might punt it late. At the end of the day, I don't think that Oakland's going to get swept just based on the current form of the team, but I do think that Toronto's going to win the series, and I think that you're going to end up seeing Oakland, I don't want to say be eliminated from the full division race in the AL West because the Astros have lost a couple in a row to Seattle, but they are five back at time of recording, and I do question how much time they have to actually make up that ground. But, once again, I like Oakland to lose the Friday game, lose the Saturday game, and then win the Sunday game in an upset against Robbie Ray. Now, looking at the Giants, unfortunately for them, they are no longer in first place, which I feel like should not come as a serious shock to the fans and to pretty much the baseball world, because everyone was expecting the Dodgers to, at some point, catch the Giants, and that did happen because the Giants have lost five of six, including a uh, the fir- losing the first three games against Milwaukee in that series. Once again, fourth game is has not really taken place yet, so I can't talk about it. But to talk about the upcoming weekend series, it's going to be a very, very important series because, spoiler alert, and the reason why I brought up the division race, they are playing the Dodgers over the weekend in Oracle Park, so hopefully the Giants do well. But it's going to be pretty tough to actually predict these games because... You have no listed pitchers for the Giants on Saturday and Sunday, so it's going to be kind of a hodgepodge here trying to figure out uh, if we can back the Giants blindly or if we can't, but 
Either way, we're going to dive in and talk about the Friday game, and that's between DiScalfani and Price. Price has been underratedly good uh, over his last couple of outings in the season. 3.8 ERA, 1.52 whip. You know that your rotation is good when Price is arguably your fifth starter. That's kind of a good summary of the fact that the Dodgers uh, rotation's ridiculous, but yeah, Price has been pretty good lately. He doesn't go any length, which is a bit of a problem. He's usually topping out at around five, but usually giving up two runs, something like that. So I'd say that he's consistently average, which is kind of what you're looking for for arguably a fifth starting pitcher. But you have DiScalfani, who has very good season-long numbers, 3.3 at ERA and a 1.11 whip. The problem is that he has really struggled, uh, whether it's with injuries or just performance. And, well, we got to talk about it. Because if you're looking at the overall numbers in August, he has a 5.93 ERA, and it's not great. Uh, He's faced the Dodgers a couple of times this season, and his numbers against them are not overly impressive. Just to go through the numbers here, well, I was being pretty modest there. They're awful. Uh, 21 innings pitch, 9.43 ERA. Uh, opponent batting average is 341. So the Dodgers just tee off on him regularly. And I was trying to be nice about it, but I really can't when your ERA is over 9 against an opponent and you've been battling injuries and you've struggled in the month of August. i got to take the Dodgers here. Even if Price is arguably... I, you could say vulnerable, which isn't even arguable, but you can say that he might not go any length and the Dodgers' bullpen might get dicey late, and that's all fair. I just can't trust DiScalfani in this spot. It's just a simple situation where the Giants are slumping, Dodgers are playing well, and I can't trust the Giants' starting pitcher. I think there might be some problems here. So I'm going to take the Dodgers to win the series opener in a close game, but I think the Dodgers will end up winning around... 5-4, to four, something like that, but I'll take LA to take Game 1. Then Game 2, you have no pitcher listed for the Giants, and Urias pitching for the Dodgers, and Urias has been absolutely insane. If this was a Cy Young race in like 2005, Urias would probably be the favorite because his record is absurd, and you're not really focusing on the advanced analytic stats when you're looking at the Cy Young races back then. But Urias is 15-3. and three with a 3.17 ERA and a 1.04 whip, and nobody talks about him, because Bueller has taken all the headlines, he's the favorite to win the Cy Young, and it makes sense, because Bueller's also had an insane year, but Urias has been really good, and you want to talk about his performances lately, not really anything has changed, really nothing has changed, uh, you can just go th- down the numbers here, his numbers on the road, he's 11-2 with a 2.71 ERA, Six innings, two runs against the Braves in his last outing. He looked sharp there. Start before that, five innings, no runs, then five innings, no runs, five innings, two runs, and five innings, sorry, five innings, two earned runs, then five innings, no runs. So in August, 26 innings pitched, 1.38 ERA. I got to back him here. It's just a situation where he's so good on the road. You can look at his overall record, the Dodgers' recent form. Some reasons overlap with the opener with Price. But when you're pitching that well, and you also have, I'd say, decent numbers against the Giants, four starts, 23 and two-thirds innings pitch, 3.8 ERA. I'm more that's a lot higher than, you know, his normal ERA of 3.17. But the point is he has pitched pretty well against the Giants, and he's pitched really well in the month of August. 
I don't even know if it matters who the Giants throw out there. I'm trying to think best-case scenario who they end up choosing to pitch that game. And Urias just has a huge advantage there. So I'm going to take the Dodgers to take the second game in that series as well. And looking at the final game of the series, which is going to be the regular season finale between these two teams, and it has been a great overall season series because it's 8-8 going into this final three-game set. But you have Walker Buehler on the mound versus Undecided. And Buehler's numbers, I mentioned how good Urias' numbers, and now he could potentially be a Cy Young if it was 2005 grading system. Buehler would win a Cy Young in any single era because he's got a 13-2 record, 2.05 ERA, and a .91 whip. Guy's a lunatic. Uh, he's just so good. There's really not much you can really say. Everyone knows how good he is. He's 5-0 and with a 1.88 ERA on the highway, so he's even better in opposing ballparks. To go through the results here against the Giants this season, he's been unhittable. 34 innings pitched in five starts. 3-0 record, .79 ERA. So the Giants are thankful whenever they even pop up because they actually make contact with the ball. And looking at his numbers in August, he has made six starts, 40 and one-third innings pitched, 1.56 ERA. He's nuts. I think he's going to pitch well once again. And I know that the worst-case scenario for the Giants is the wild card because that would involve them basically, uh, I don't want to say choking away a division lead because everyone's kind of shocked they had this position at this point in the season. But I think the Dodgers are going to sweep. I just think the pitching is too good there. The current form, the Dodgers are a lot better. The Giants are in a tailspin. I think all of the ingredients are there for a pretty disappointing weekend for the Giants and for Giants fans. But quickly recapping once again my thoughts for the weekend. I like the Athletics to lose on Friday and Saturday before shocking some people and beating Robbie Ray on Sunday. And I like the Giants to get swept by the Dodgers over the weekend. Other than that, though, that has been this installment of the Betting Barrier Podcast. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.